0: Welcome and good morning or good afternoon, wherever you might be tuning in for our live show today, the nonprofit show that is. And today is our ask and answer this week, though, has been a power week with uh, fundraising Academy at the National University. So we are so thrilled to have with us today, Hannah Berger. Hanna, your ears have probably burned every single day this week because we have mentioned your name. In particular, uh, not only for today's show, uh, for our Friday Ask and Answer, but we've mentioned the Accelerate program that you have been a huge part of, um, you know, at the end of, of all of our shows. So I'd love to get more information from you on that. But Hannah, uh, again, is with the Fundraising Academy. She's a trainer there and she's a philanthropy coach. She's pretty cool. I really enjoy our conversations. You and I have spent some time on another Ask and Answer episode, and it's just so, so great to have you here. So thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. And thanks to our presenting sponsors, which include Bloomerang, American Nonprofit Academy, Fundraising Academy at the National University. Nonprofit Nerd, your part-time controller, staffing boutique, and the Nonprofit Thought Leader. Thank you so much to these amazing companies that keep these conversations going and growing like the one that we're going to have here with HANA. If you missed any of our episodes from this week, the Power Week with Fundraising Academy or any of our previous episodes, you can find them on Roku, YouTube, Amazon Fire TV, Vimeo, and wait, there's more, just like a good infomercial, I like to say, but wait, there's more. Um, the, the, you can listen to The Nonprofit Show wherever you stream your podcast. So if you're a podcast listener like Hannah and I are, because if you joined us in our room, room chatter, you heard all about the books we're reading, the audio books we're listening to, some podcasting and things like that. So this show will absolutely go into our podcast for The Nonprofit Show. So thank you uh, for joining us. Hannah, are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Let's do this. Well, welcome back. I'm so glad to have you. As you know, our Friday, our Friday, as I so lovingly refer to it, um, is dedicated to our viewers and our listeners sending in questions. And today, I do believe we have a lot of questions from the cause-selling education model with Fundraising Academy. So I'll start off, and um, this one comes from Nashville, Tennessee, and Faye wants to know how she will know the right time to bless and release a potential donor. She's confused by how many questions she should ask before they give up. So I'm going to let you kick off this answer, and you might want to share a little bit about what bless and release is. Sure, I
1: love that she used that uh, terminology. So, you know, bless and release is not something that is uh, exclusive to the cost selling model, but we like to say it when it's uh, time to just let something go, let it go and let it grow. Um, (laughs) So this is a great question and I don't have perfect direct answer because a lot of this comes from experience, right? So I've been working in the nonprofit fundraising space for about 20 years now. And it's a piece of the puzzle that you just kind of have to feel your way through it first. But what I did notice in the way that Faye asked this question is, how many questions should I be asking before I let the relationship go? And my gut response to that is, if you're asking questions and getting answers, you're in it. Don't let that go. Like, you are cultivating that relationship. Um, I would say, bless and release a relationship when they go radio silent on you or when they've told you now is not the time you might bless release and come back later. Right. Um, But if they're still chatting with you, you're asking questions, getting answers, that's just cultivation. So keep working on it. um, Get your strategy together about what type of investment you're going to ask this individual for and make sure that you're asking. Sometimes, you know, I work with clients who, um, they're saying, I, can't, I just, I can't move this relationship forward. Sometime your prospect is waiting for you to ask, right? They want you to invite them in. So yeah. what do you think, Jared?
0: I love that. And I love that you mentioned, like, if you're asking these questions and they're responding, you're in it. Like you're doing the work, the good work of the cultivation. Um, and so I don't think, you know, to answer, Faye, that there's a, a magic number of questions, but this entire week has really provided you with so many amazing questions uh, to, to do the cultivation with the donors. And so to use that to your advantage, I also feel like I'm, I'm pulled to say, you know, one of the questions you might want to ask Faye is, you know, are you still interested in continuing the conversation and learning more about our mission? Um, But I'm also kind of channeling Tony bell from yesterday to say, you know, are you ready to make an investment? Are you ready to consider what a gift might look like to this organization? Um, So yeah, I think if you are getting responses, like Hannah said, you're in it, my friend, like it's a fun ride.
1: Yeah. Another phrase I love to use when I feel like things are stalled out, how do
0: we move this forward? Mm -hmm. Right. Almost put the ball back in their court. I love that. And it can be as simple as that. That's one thing we've talked about over the course of this week, the Nonprofit Power Week, the Fundraising Academy, is really these open-ended questions, right? So we're really wanting to draw out information from the donor and have them uh, really answer that. So thank you, Hannah. There's there's one more question. How might we move this forward? Great one. Oh, this comes from my neck of the wood um, here in Scottsdale, Arizona, name withheld. After watching your trainers speak about cause selling, I think I need more professional development myself. Do I look less professional or capable if I ask my CEO for additional training? I don't want her to think that I don't know what I'm doing. That's a great question.
1: Great question. Um, Do you look less professional? Absolutely not. I like to say if we're not growing, we're dying, right? So, One would hope that your CEO has that same sort of growth mindset and wants their team to always be investing in learning. Um, I mean, you know, I'm a former executive of nonprofits, and anytime a team member came to me with an interest in professional development and a plan, you know, how much it was going to cost, how much time away from the office they would need, uh, what kind of support they might need from me as their supervisor going into this learning opportunity, I always found it super exciting. Um, I do recommend that you have that conversation, you know, if you're on a fiscal year that starts July 1, start chatting about those things with your CEO before the budget gets approved. So I'm going to guess that that's April,
0: May, right? Um, So that way you make sure that the resources are there to support you. Yeah, I think that's, that's fantastic. You know, hopefully all of our organizations have professional development in there. I was just meeting with a client. Um, it might've been yesterday, all these days kind of, you know, uh, overlapped together. together. <laughs> um, but he had mentioned that his director of development, you know, had had worked towards and earned her CFRE and that was paid for by the organization. And so I think these professional development opportunities is really fantastic when our when our organizations can provide them. And, you know, I don't think it makes us look incompetent. I don't think it looks, you know, less professional. My take on this, honestly, is it shows your investment in the mission and it shows your investment in the sector. And that to me speaks volumes. I pride myself, I know you do as well, Hannah, on, you know, the donor code of ethics. And that is something that, you know, through cause selling, through CFRE, through other trainings, you will just continue to gain more insight on best practices as we move through still some pretty uncertain times. So I say, go for it, advocate for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I think there's a lot of us. I know I have a coach. I work with, you know, a coach myself and I've worked with several throughout my career. And I just think, you know, as, as Hannah said, if you're not growing, you're dying. So you might as well, you know, continue to grow and sprout new opportunities. So cost selling is a great model. Um, Those of you that joined us this week, Julia Patrick, myself, and even Tony Bell yesterday, we all said. We wish we had this earlier in our career.
1: Me too, me too.
0: (laughs) But now we have it, so it's, it's there. All right, Jared in Dayton, Ohio. While it seems quite natural for anyone to navigate the cause selling cycle, how long does it really take to become proficient with this? I'm thinking about myself and how quickly this process can become second nature to how I work my donor portfolio. That's some great insight.
1: Love this question. For those that might be watching or listening that haven't been tuning in all week, um, the cost-selling cycle is an eight-step cycle that we use to kind of move our donors through an entire relationship. So short answer is if you were to invest your time and resources in doing the cost-selling accelerate, you get really proficient in this in 10 weeks right? Because we are training every single week together. We're um, modeling each step with one another. We're doing exercises that support it. And so by the time you're done with Cause Selling Accelerate, you're ready to go. And it's kind of become part of the way you practice and do your job, right? Um, you could take, the, you know, pick up the textbook or research the eight-step model online and try to incorporate it into your work. And honestly, it's it is a practice that if you're really focused on building beautiful relationships, right, you're not doing uh, fundraising as a transactional practice, but as a practice of nurturing relationships, caring for the people that support your organization and your mission, you're probably already doing it. We just kind of break it down into steps that um, make it easier for you to identify where you need to invest more time and resource and energy, right? So, Without Fundraising Academy and the cost-selling model, um, it probably took me about a decade of just doing the work to realize this is the process that I use. This is what works. This is what keeps people moving along and relationships blooming. Um, But there are easier ways
0: now, right? As Jared said, if only we had this earlier in our career. Right. I'm yeah. right there with you. A lot of trial and error, a lot of butterflies and anxiety of what if I say and do the wrong thing? The model is fantastic. I truly believe, Jared, you can pick this up pretty quickly. You're likely doing a lot of it naturally, especially if you have been, as Hannah said, in that relationship building mindset. You know, I think this really comes natural to that. Um, and so it could seem like it takes a long time to really go step by step by step by step if you're implementing perhaps a moves management system and you're looking at how the the model integrates with your donor database and CRM. So some of those logistics, Jared, I think that's where, you know, I would feel a little more time intensive, but I honestly believe my gut tells me, although I've never met you, you're probably doing a lot of it already. And so give yourself a lot of credit that you are very proficient, you know, in the model in some way, shape or form, and now really putting the, uh, the mindset to each step as Hanna said, you know, there's so there's eight, is that right? Eight. Yes. Yeah. Eight, eight, um, steps. And so you know, really looking at that and and where your portfolio, your donor portfolio uh, falls into each of those, you're probably going to be surprised. So Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this,
1: if you were coming into a new organization, new portfolio, new team, I always say it takes about 18 months to get everything established and running like a well-oiled machine. Um, And I say that both for the fundraising professionals and for the executives or board members that might be watching this, right? Because it does take a little time for things to really gel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, So, yeah, again, I, I think if you really focus in, if you were to take the cost selling accelerate, you could very quickly feel much more proficient in the eight steps. But, you know getting things kind of in that flow state, if you will, it's going to take a little time.
0: Love flow state. I was talking to someone about that the other day and it's becoming more mainstream that, you know, phrases. I saw it on a Netflix show that I was watching uh, about flow state. And for those of you that might not be familiar, I highly recommend that you Google that. There's a lot of information out there about working in flow state. So thanks for dropping that negative information, Hannah. It's a good one. Um, Chandra from Sacramento, California, perhaps not too far from you, Hannah, because I know that you're in California yourself. But uh, Chandra wants to know what part of the cost selling cycle is your hardest and which part is your easiest? That's a really interesting question.
1: This is going to reveal what a nerd I am about
0: fundraising. (laughs) Um, I I can't wait. Do I need to like get my, my nerd glasses? Cause you're just going to be super nerdy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So give it to me. Yeah. Nerd out. Eight eight steps in the cost selling cycle. They are prospecting. So that's identifying and qualifying your potential donors, right? The pre-approach. This is when we do all of the background research to figure out how we get to this person, who our connections are, what are they interested in? Which of our programs might they want to invest in? Um, How much are they giving to other organizations? So we know what kind of gift we can expect or or plan for. Um, Then there's your approach, which is when you actually make contact. Yeah. And I'll come back to that. (laughs) Then there's need discovery, which is you have contact and you're interviewing them and finding out what makes them tick and really developing the best uh, plan of action for their investment. Then the presentation. Where you're like, okay, this is what we've come up with. This is what all the research and the interviewing and everything has led to. Then handling objections, right? So responding to their concerns, challenges, questions about what you've presented. And then the actual ask, closing the gift, right? And then stewardship, the what I call the care and feeding of our donors. Yeah. So...
0: So that was your eight. For those of you That's that were eight. watching, I was I was trying to to keep my finger count right along with Hannah, But for those of you listening, I know it didn't make any difference. But okay, yeah. So um, pin in one of those is was that yeah. Reason?
1: So I will say the hardest one is the approach. Mm, okay. Now, sidebar caveat to that. Uh, for instance, last night I was at an event where I had an idea of who was going to be in the room, but I didn't exactly have um, identified specific people that I definitely need to talk to, right? So I was working the room, right? As we do as as social butterflies and fundraisers. And so that was just organically meeting people and networking and socializing, right? But making connection. That's not what we're, we mean when we're talking about the approach. The approach is like, I have this person on my target list and I need to make contact. This is the hardest part in my experience because We live in this world now where people are just inundated with information. Uh, If they're a known philanthropist or somebody who's really well known in your community, they're probably getting a lot of outreach. They may have a gatekeeper, you know? Um, And you may have to try to reach out, then identify people to help you reach out. And that piece of the puzzle, I think, takes the most time, right? Because there's also the element of uh, building trust right? So that would be the hardest for me. Um, But I feel like that's once you get over. Yeah. Once you get over that hump, it's, it's kind of like, that's where the fun kicks in. Um, The easiest one, I'm going to say stewardship. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, they've already made a commitment. Um, They're now part of the family and that to me gets really easy. you just make sure you're giving them the love and appreciation and recognition and the information they need to keep investing um yeah Jared, what do you think?
0: Well I would definitely say the stewardship as well. I'm right there with you because you know that part of the cycle is really about, Um, Continuing to express gratitude and continuing to express the impact in which this donor, supporter, investor, whichever terminology you choose to use, um, has really made an impact for the community, right? That because of you statement, we've been able to do so much because of you, your investment, your support, your transformational gift, That's so much fun, right? Like that is just a lot of fun because who doesn't like to express gratitude? Like that hopefully makes the other person feel good. It makes you feel good. Um, I would say for me, the hardest would be, and I'm not as versed in the cycles, right? So I want to be honest with that. Um, I would say for, for me, go ahead. No, no, please. Okay. Um, So I was going to say, you know, it's really connecting and the prospecting. So once I have people in my portfolio, and for those of you that might not work a portfolio, but you have like a donor database, You could have just some natural, you know, people in there that you're like, oh, this person's been pretty active. I'm going to reach out to them, introduce myself. But for me, it's about really finding the new prospects, right? Like finding those new people that might have the, and I love the Madden test. So I really like to do like, that's where I nerd out. And I've sent Tony some some examples that I've used with my clients. But, you know, who has the propensity to give and how might we bring in some new donor engagement uh, for the organization. And that, that takes a lot of sleuthing, a lot of work. It does. And I'm glad
1: you brought it up because this is where my nerd really shows. Like the question <laughs> was easiest and hardest part of the cycle, but my favorite part is actually prospecting.
0: Oh, okay. Great.
1: That's like I love when clients say to me, we just were tapped out. We've you know, completely saturated the market, we don't have any other people. And I'm like, give me your list. I can make this happen. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite things to do is identify, like connection is my highest value. If you've done any of those sorts of uh, values-based assessments. And I just nerd out on figuring out first degree connections to people. LinkedIn is like my favorite place to be.
0: Agreed. Yeah, LinkedIn is phenomenal. I love that you shared that. Um, so so let's get a little nerdier, Hannah, and I'm actually going to skip over this real quick, but we can get back to it. Tell us how you nerd out in the Accelerate because you've mentioned the Accelerate program, you know, throughout today's Friday Ask and Answer, but I'm curious to, to know more because you have a cohort starting. So, So nerd out with us on this, what's coming up?
1: Sure, so starting September 13th, uh, it's a 10-week program. We meet every Tuesday morning online. It's in a virtual classroom. Um, we max out at around 30 participants because we want to make sure that everyone gets, you know, very individualized attention, right? So we do the curriculum together. We walk through the entire eight-step cost selling cycle throughout the 10 weeks. Every single participant is going to walk away with, uh, a perfected pitch, right, that they use in every scenario, whether it's introducing themselves at a networking event, whether it's, you know, that very first approach with a donor. Um, they're going to walk away with a lot of new beautiful relationships, peers in the sector that they can then rely on for all those times that you need that tribe, you know, the folks that understand the pain points and the high points. Um you're going to walk away with exercises that you can use at your organization to increase the culture of philanthropy with your whole team, to use with your board to identify new prospects in their networks in a very painless way. Um, and we say it's a it's a great course for emerging fundraisers, but I've had folks participate that are at the director level of their organization, um, perhaps that are founders or EDs or board members who realize that, they too need to have some training and fundraising and everybody finds great value in it. So um, again, as Jared said earlier, I wish that this type of training existed with, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, Cause it's all the things that uh, I wish I knew and learned the hard way. And that's the other fun part is that you get to hear all of my horror stories. So you don't have to make the same mistakes.
0: Right. I know I've made some, my friend, like, again, I didn't have the cause selling model. So I really was trial and error for the last, you know, two, two and a half decades. Um, now you had mentioned for one of our, one of our, one of your responses for a question here is that like, you really get to learn the model, the, the cost selling education model in this Accelerate program. I love that you mentioned there's about, it's capped out at 30, mm-hmm. um, so can you talk us through like a little bit of of what to expect through this cohort that's coming up?
1: Yeah. So uh every session, it's it's a I consider myself a great facilitator. Um, I'm not a keynote speaker, right? So this is not like come to a lecture and watch my head on the screen mm-hmm. for two and a half hours. It's a high engagement, um, cameras on doing lots of breakout exercises to support the content that I do present. And then every session, we also have coaching opportunities, right? So it is a code of silence, safe space. You can come to a session and say, this is what's happening right now in my development team. Here's the struggle I'm having. And we work through it together in real time. So it's tremendous. That is Um, is
0: invaluable. I just want to say that in and of itself is priceless.
1: Yeah, it's been really, really great. So every week we do, it depends on, you know, some of the eight steps take longer than others to work through, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there's eight steps, there's 10 weeks, we kind of break it up one step per week. And then we also have um, two sort of really special engagements we work in there. One is an interview with a philanthropist, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say who it is yet, but I arrange that I interview them with the whole cohort present, and then the cohort is able to ask questions of a philanthropist, somebody that they're probably you know is on their prospect list that they have an opportunity to get to know in an intimate setting, which is oh, a really I great value that. add. Yeah. And then we also do pitch fest, right? I mentioned that everybody leaves with their pitch perfected that they can use all the time. And we bring in the other um, cost selling trainers from Fundraising Academy and then also some special guests from the nonprofit community around the country to act as both coaches and judges. So, again, more great expertise to tap, more relationships to build. It's a, And it's fun. It's fun. So I encourage everybody to check it out.
0: Well, Hana, shameless plug. If you ever need a judge, please call on me. It sounds amazing. I would love to see how the Accelerate program works with so many of the cohort. And I'm just a huge advocate for professional training. So another one of our questions that came up today. I mean, for me, I'm a constant learner. And so I just, there's always more to absorb. And so I love that you said, you know, it's for your emerging fundraisers and so many others. So, Definitely take advantage of this Accelerate program that's coming up. You do have to apply. Is that right? Yes, you do. Uh, Um, Pretty, pretty
1: painless process, though. And I will say this, the price point, I think, is one of the best I've seen. The program and the textbook, it all runs around $500. So the return on investment is outrageous.
0: That is fantastic. I, I, you're right. I don't know any other program that has uh, that, you know, entry point level that hopefully is accessible to so many uh, in our sector. So thank you so much for that. I'm going to go back because I don't want to skip over you, Hannah. You are always fantastic, my friend. Um, I knew the first time we met and I had to learn, of course, how to properly say your name. And I've never forgotten since then because it looks like Hannah, but it's Hannah. Yeah, and I just thanks, love... mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thanks, mom and dad, for me as well. Um, but I just love the name. I love nerding out with you. Uh, you know, kindred spirits for sure. And we, of course, have shared our book list so again those of you that joined us early you heard a little bit about hannah berger uh president the philanthropy coach as well as fundraising academy trainer and as you just heard, she also oversees the Accelerate program. So this is the national online Cause selling Accelerate model with Fundraising Academy at the National University. So check that out. Uh, if you do want to apply, you can see uh, right down here, it's a bit.ly SEP 13 cohort, but you can also find it on fundraising-academy.org. Hannah, Hanna. There's, there I go. Sorry gets, so much for that. Um, thrilled to have you here. Thrilled also to have our other amazing sponsors that provide us these platforms for conversations like the one we just had with Hannah. So thank you to Bloomerang American Nonprofit Academy, Fundraising Academy with National University that provided this entire Power Week for each and every one of you. We've had amazing guests from Fundraising Academy. Join us this week. Also, thank you to Nonprofit Nerd, your part-time controller, Staffing Boutique, and the Nonprofit Thought Leader. Again, these companies have been with us day in, day out. They're here to support you and your mission. Um, And I really do hope that all of you will check out this Accelerate program. I'm interested in it, not only as a judge, but, you know, I share a lot with my clients about where they can find more information. So, I'm definitely going to share this on my LinkedIn channel as well. So thank you. Oh, thank you.
1: So appreciate it. And consider yourself signed up for judging.
0: Yes, I cannot wait. Thank you so much. It's it's on the air, so it you know it's happening, but it sounds amazing. I cannot wait to to hear those pitches, so thank you. And thanks to all of you that joined us this week. It's been a robust week, great conversations, great questions. You can find all of what we shared on our streaming platforms, and it's a Friday. yay so I hope you all have some rest and relaxation on your calendars this weekend. I know I do, or I at least plan to and uh, enjoy your weekend. Come back to us on Monday. We've got another lineup for next week. And until then, please stay well so you can do well. Thanks, Hannah. You're amazing.